You are listening to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast, Episode 7. Today, we will be listening to the latest Hangout from the Sensible Project Manager Hangout community. The topic is Being Agile in a Waterfall World, with a special guest of Joseph Flahiff from Whitewater Projects. Welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast at SensiblePM.com where you get an insider's edge on practical project management. Now, here is your host, Mark Philippi. Hi, my name is Mark Philippi, and I am the Sensible Project Manager. Welcome to the podcast. Now, recently, I took on the mantra, leading new project management conversations. That is something that is uh, really important to me, and I believe it is really important for people uh, in the project management community to get together to talk about project management. And as we do, we are going to do a couple of things. One, first of all, we'll be able to improve our profession, improve ourselves personally, and also in a very real way, be able to get to know each other in networking type of situations. We will be able to learn a little bit about other people and potentially further our career by that networking. So one of the ways that I have decided to do that, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, I recently, a couple of months ago, started a new thing called the Sensible Project Manager Hangout Community on Google+. And in that community, we we basically talk about different concepts about project management, different topics, and we have weekly hangouts. Now today, I decided I think it would be really important for you to listen in on uh, a recent hangout we had. Uh, We're going to listen to hangout number 11. It's called Being Agile in a Waterfall World. We had a special guest, Joseph Flahiff, who is the CEO of Whitewater Projects Incorporated. Now, in this discussion, uh, it was a great discussion about being agile, again, in our kind of a standard project management environment. Uh, Sometimes it's not easy to separate or or start in an agile set of projects. And so Joseph brings to us the concept of how do you bring agility into a waterfall world. So I want you to be able to listen to this conversation. Before we do step right into that, I uh, want to talk a little bit about, uh, give you some context here. We, If you listen to the the conversation I had the, in the last episode, episode six, I spoke with Robert Kelly. Robert was one of the co-founders of PM Chat on Twitter. And so since we had that conversation after after the uh, interview, Robert and I got together and we were discussing how we could marry the two, and we, we have done that. We, so we have struck a partnership between the PM Hangout and PM Chat. So in, in this conversation that you'll, you'll listen to, you'll uh, hear us talking about what's happening in the chat room. Well, what's hap- what, what we've done is we use PM Chat in Twitter as our chat room, and Robert and his partners 
kind of run the discussions on the in the chat room as well as in the hangout we bring in conversations from the chat room so it's a great marriage and it is uh, been pretty interesting as as we have stepped into this uh, this hangout 11 is the third time we've done that we're going to looks like we're going to continue to do this cuz it's a great way to have people talk together in the platform that they uh, feel comfortable with now there's a couple things also about the recording I want to share with you in the hangouts sometimes Google Plus I, uh, I it's just probably a a condition of the hangout and maybe bandwidth and so forth you'll hear the hangout have the, in the recording there's some times when the, the uh, recording will cut out a little bit so you might miss a, a word or two and there's uh I, I have a tough time controlling the environment that other people are in so you'll hear a little bit of echo in there even with those those flaws in the hangout i know that you'll get a lot of uh, information and a lot of benefit from listening to this conversation so let's get to uh, listening to being agile in a waterfall world and now today's feature Hi, welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Hangout. This is the 11th Hangout. I'm great. I'm really excited that this is uh, this is still going good. And uh, today is a special day. We have a, uh, uh, a great topic. We're going to be talking about uh, the topic for today is uh, being agile in a waterfall world. And uh, we have a special guest, Joseph. I forgot to even get make sure I got your. <laughs> <laughs> it's Flahif, is that how you say it? Pretty close, Flahif. Flahif, okay. I knew that there was one thing I was going to ask you before we got started, and that was it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I'm also joined with a few other folks. Uh, Hala is, is Hala Salah, is that correct, I said? That's great, thanks. Oh, great, am I slaughtering everybody's name this morning? <laughs> no. We're just giving you hard material to work with. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so uh, Hall is going to be our our, our PM chat Twitter um, correspondent, I guess you could say. And uh, anyway, so uh, let's let's get right into things. I just well, actually before I do, um, I just want to remind you uh, those that are on Twitter, if you want to watch, and of course uh, maybe Hall will make sure that everybody understands that they can go watch this live. Um, out at sensiblepm.com slash hangout, and um, then they can uh, watch that. We'll also, we're streaming the, the PM chat. This has been a great partnership the last few times, being able to see what, what's happening there, and they're doing the same topic there as well on PM chat. So it's been a great partnership. Um, and then this record, this is going to be recorded, or it is being recorded, and later on, uh, Either later on today or tomorrow, I will post the Hangout notes as well. So that's kind of uh, the business out of the way. So let's get into the introductions to everybody. So, Joseph, let's start with you. If you would just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you're about and uh, kind of your expertise with Agile. Sure, sure. Um, Joseph, I'm a project manager. I've been a project manager for many moons. I started out in network design, actually, so I have a hardware background. Uh, I then moved into actually doing project management. Someone told me that there's this interesting thing, a field called project management back in about 
99. I got my PPT in 2001. I, I like to joke that I got it the, the year just before they added the ethics section, so be <laughs> <laughs> ethical. Hey, that, that happens to be the year that I got it as well, and so <laughs> you and I snuck in. So uh, did traditional projects for uh, a long time there, till uh, till about 2005, I believe it was, and did a lot actually of construction projects. So I have my history in, in that kind of thing, doing the IT portion of the construction. So how do you deal with the cables and wires that go through the walls that give you your data outlet down there in, in the wall, network designs that go along with that. Then I got put on a software project, and it was very different because there wasn't a wall to walk through or you know something physical to touch, and it was an abysmal failure, I have to say. And I'll regale you with the story some other time. But after that, I found that, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. Looked around, found this thing called Scrum. Some guy named Ken was teaching a class in Bellevue, so I went to the class with Schraber, who was... Don't know. He was one of the guys that came up with Scrum back in, back in the day, uh, and I, I, I've never looked back since. Then. I don't think I've done a traditional project. The traditional sequential requirements, design, architecture, build, test, and deploy kind of traditional project. Um, I haven't done one, since. and I've just done agile agile work. Uh, but it, not in not in what you would call a normal context, I think. And that's why the name of my company, Whitewater Project, uh, and why the topic today of the Agile and Waterfall world, because where I tend to end up working with my clients uh, as a coach and consultant is in organizations that are not typical for an Agile implementation, or not easy, for example, Agile implementation. You know, when software is your primary product, Agile is easy right? because it's, because of a lot of reasons. But when software is a support product, then it becomes much more difficult. Roles like the product owner have very little meaning within the organizational context and start to try and pretend things that, that aren't there. And you run into a lot of problems. So that's the context where I do most of my my work and have most have my experience. Okay, that's me. Great, thank you. Um, you're, uh, a lot of what you just said parallels a lot of what I have gone through through my career as well. Yeah. Uh, Hala, let's introduce you. Um, so I got my PMP after they added the ethics section. <laughs> um, so I actually started out as a software developer uh, many months ago, um, and uh, it was right out of college. Uh, my degree was in computer science. I started doing that for a couple of years and um, decided to leave it to the people who were really good at it. <laughs> um, I actually, just because of certain job transitions in the market and where I was in the country, uh, moving around a little bit, um, got opportunities to move into QA engineering and so used development skills to do more white box testing. And it was great getting into the code and figuring out why things were going wrong and I know we're talking Agile, but it gives such a better appreciation of um, 
the value of testing and uh, of testing your code. And, and uh, interestingly enough, I'm focusing on that right now as I'm working with developers and getting them to um, understand the value of unit testing your code and doing more um, more testing. So from there on, I'm project management just because I felt like I naturally tended to want to help um, projects really succeed and figure out what it was that wasn't working well. So I did that for a few years. Actually got my CSM, my Certified Scrum Master um, certification before uh, before my PMP. So I was lucky to be at uh, Hewlett Packard where they brought in um, some people to train a bunch of us and I was a program manager at that point and I pretty much uh, made them add me to the class. <laughs> I want to do this! <laughs> so I got my CSM and then a few years later I got my PMP and I went between projects or, and, or between organizations that were more agile and then others that were very traditional and then actually did consulting for a while um, uh, last year uh, and was asked in a few occasions to help these very waterfall organizations implement Agile. So it, it was very much Agile in a waterfall world, um, which you know, my gut reaction was no. But then the reality was yes, you have to figure out how to make it work. And so um, today's topic is very relevant and interesting. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I saw that you had the CSM on there. That was that's good. So, uh, let's go to Vaughn. Let's uh, introduce yourself, if you would, please. Yeah. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Well, I start in late eighties as a programmer, and then I've been in all the software development process. Uh, I get my PMP in uh, two hundred and six. Uh, and now I'm in the commercial part of the process. I'm selling software projects and managing like a PMO, uh, uh, the clients I'm, I'm uh, working with. Um, and I think that's it. Great. Well, thanks, Avon. Uh All right, let's welcome everybody. I'm glad everybody's here. Let's get into the topic of now. So one of the things I was thinking about we would first do is make sure that we're clear on what agile means to, to us. What, what does it really mean? I mean, Joseph, you touched on a little bit, but let's talk a little bit before we get into how that fits into waterfall. What does agile mean to us? And, and what does that mean in the, the sense of uh, the type of business that we do as project managers? Any, any any thoughts on that? I, I think I think that uh, in software development process we we uh, always need a way to respond to um, requirement changement. So uh, we have been we've seen uh, in the last uh, twenty years uh, opinions we we. Uh, uh, start with rational file process and, and uh, OMT and uh, ways that uh, uh, people try to respond to these changes in requirements and uh, I think Agile is the next step and I don't think it, it would be the last 
we are going to see in the next years uh, uh, new options and new proposals about uh, how can we respond to this requirement change. Good, yeah, so uh, go, go ahead, Joseph. I wouldn't say anything, I'm listening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear what people have to say. Yeah, great, so I agree. So I, I, I have, uh, when, just as a, when I first got introduced to Agile, I, I decided my first uh, foray into it would be just sitting along the sidelines and watching it happen with mm -hmm. one of the project managers that, that decided to jump in and try it on a, again, we were in a waterfall environment and they wanted to try a scrum uh, project. And so we watched that as it went. And then um, when I got to the point where I actually became a scrum master and took my first project, um, I absolutely saw the, the advantages. Um, I, I'm a believer that it is a great thing for uh, many projects, but not all types of projects. Um, it's a agile, anything that has got moving requirements um, and uh, that type of situation, that is what agile allows you to do. And, it, and it's very effective, especially with software um, type of uh, de development. But doesn't everything have moving requirements in those cases? Uh, yes, yes, it does. Uh, even if I'm building a house, those how the, those requirements are changing. I'm going to change my uh, I'm going to change the uh, carpet and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yes. Uh, so thoughts. So then the question becomes if it's if it's right for some projects, not other projects, and what projects is not appropriate. Yeah, the, the, the challenges that I have with, with Agile is I have had, uh, maybe I just haven't seen it successfully done, trying to do, for instance, uh, a large implementation of, of uh, a software uh, off-the-shelf type of a solution. Uh, that becomes a little difficult in my mind uh, from an Agile point of view. Now, that's where I think this topic today really comes in handy because uh, whereas I don't think this is a personal opinion I, whereas I don't think that a scrum implement use, uh, using scrum for instance when I'm going to uh, do a large implementation um, that becomes difficult for me however using agile techniques and, t and some um, pieces of agile is absolutely effective Um, Holly, do you have any any input from uh, Twitter at all? Uh, well, so the Twitter community is saying that to some degree you can have Azure projects within an waterfall organization, which is the question that I threw out is, can you have Agile in a waterfall world? Can it work well? And people are saying some of the responses, um, like Michael Greer, uh, is saying that waterfall can be broad in evolutionary stages as a framework where Agile are, is implemented as cycles or iterations within that framework. Um, and others are saying, you know, people need to understand what it is that you're trying to achieve, um, but definitely it, it's possible to run Agile comfortably in a waterfall organization. I think the, the major sentiment is that as long as it's very clear um, what parts of the organization are running in a waterfall way? What are your objectives by running certain things in a, in a more agile fashion? Um, and that's communicated, then it can it can work. 
Joseph, your thoughts? No, I, I'm glad they said it can work, that, that you can have agile projects in a waterfall environment because it, they said you couldn't, and I don't know what I've been doing for the past several years. <laughs> You're going to resign from this? Yeah, I, I, well, I guess it was a myth. I was living in a dream. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's not easy. Um, the whole context of, uh, you know, wow, there's like different directions I want to go. The, the concepts uh, that are promoted by things like Scrum, I mean, careful we don't say that Scrum is... Agile is Scrum, right? Scrum is Agile, but there's more to Agile than just Scrum. So right, right. That, that. I agree. Um, but since Scrum is 80% implementations out there, so that's kind of the default discussion. Um, but there's some things that, that Scrum says you have to have, and, and I totally agree. If you want Scrum to work like, like smooth as silk, right, then you have to have these things. You have to have a dedicated team. You have to have a product owner with the appropriate authority and knowledge and availability to be that person who, who can lead that, the, the work. Um, you often don't get those things in a waterfall context, in, in an enterprise organization. Um, and when I say waterfall context, I, I want to be, well, I'm going to go back. I want to answer the question that you had first, which was, what is Agile? I'd, I'd, like to broaden the definition out a little bit um, and say that Agile is having the ability to adapt to changes in technology as fast or faster than those changes occur. So if you have a slow cycle technology change, you probably are able, if the technology change take, it happens every 12 months, right? Or, on the other hand, you have technology changes that happen really, really fast. If your speed of delivery isn't faster than the speed of technology change, then you're going to struggle with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, I, so, And that is what I've experienced as well. So, with that as your definition then time becomes a, a variable, right? Because we're talking about, just like, just like in Agile estimation, they, they talk about relative estimation. We don't talk about hours. When we're doing estimating, we talk about a relative number. We just defined Agile as relative to the speed of technology change. If you are able to implement faster than the speed of technology change, then you can iterate and, and gain the value quickly. If the technology change in your organization is two weeks, right? Then you need to be implementing in faster than that change. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that you're you're able to adapt. And technology change user requirements, right? So the requirements change are faster. And, and software is great at that, right? You can change software in two week iterations, no problem. If I am I'm in Seattle right now. If I am Boeing just up there in the north. I've been there. <laughs> and, and I'm building a, an airplane. How fast does my technology change? Uh, you're, you're talking potentially months, certainly months or maybe even years. In parts. So, so let's take this apart for a second. 
if I'm building an airplane, it takes about five years to go from concept to having a, a prototype available and having a plane I, This is my, my understanding, my talking to folks. If, if you were buying a plane from me, and we agreed on this five years ago, all right, this is the plane you're gonna buy, here's the specs, boom. And you received a plane five years down the line that had a, a flight guidance system that was five years old in technology, how happy would you be? Uh, you'd be pretty sad. <laughs> you, you want the most current that is out there at the time of the delivery. Exactly, exactly. So building airplanes has to be agile. You have to adapt to the technology changes that are coming down the road. And you do that by loosely coupling those modules, right? So the design of the airplane is one thing. Overall architecture is one thing that you're striving toward. But then the systems within that, and there's multiple systems within that, right? You've got the flight guidance systems, you've got the, the control systems, you've got the, the environmental control systems, you've got the back of the CTV systems. All those are, are different systems that need to be loosely coupled to the design so that you can take them out and replace them at the, with the most recurrent technology when you go live. And so the, the, the cycle time or the, 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 the sprint time if you're doing Scrum, right, if the sprint is two weeks for software, it may be six months for the back of the TV screens. But you are able to adapt to changes in technology as long as you, you remain loosely coupled. Right? That's, that's one of those concepts in, in well, I, you know, I'm sure, from software design. You want to have your, your systems loosely coupled, well-defined interfaces, but loosely coupled between them so that if I make changes to this system over here, I don't have to make changes to this system over here, right? Right, and um, so I guess one of the questions, as I'm throwing this out to the community, I'm asking them whether being agile really being able to respond at the speed of, at which technology is changing in that organization. Um, is that kind of what you're getting at, or do you feel like there's also um, the factor of how quickly are you responding to changes in the market, in the um, yeah. environment? So there's more than just the technology. It's more than just the technology, yeah. It's, it's the speed of change. Technology change, requirements change, market change. Absolutely. And also how much you're learning as you're going, because if you're starting using Agile with a project that has so many unknowns, you're going to need to be faster until some of those unknowns are starting to get better defined. Right. right. But you need to plan, you know, that there's going to be these pieces in there. Just like when I'm building the plane, I don't know what the flight guidance system is going to look like when I get to the end. But I do need to build in the space for it and design around it and start to start building it. So one of the comments we're getting from the Twitter chat, um, this is from Lisa Silverts, is saying, Agile isn't about handling tech change, it's about handling the people well. Handling tech change well is icing on the cake. Um, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, I, I, I like it. I don't know that that's necessarily one is all and, and the other is not. 
I, I think they're quite balanced because you cannot do the things that we try and do in in Azure organizations without having uh, highly functioning teams. Right? Uh, on the on the other hand, why would you need to deliver quickly working software if you're not adapting to those changes? You know, it, it occurs to me, I, I, this is a completely different perspective uh, than I've had in the past. Um, to me, Agile is almost directly related to requirements changes and, and how quickly can you adapt to those. So your concept of how that ties into technology, and as I think about this even as a wider thing, it's really a number of components. It's, it's, it's the technology, how, you're right, the, how quickly the technology can change how quickly the requirements change, how quickly your organization can handle those kinds of changes, right. and then also, as, as Hall is pointing out, um, how quickly those, the people um, within the organizations can understand and process those, those changes. Um, it's, it's, it's the whole idea that you have to be adaptable as things change. It's just a different way of handling um, change in a project. In a waterfall method, you might you handle change with a change request, um, and that there were, there's usually a very specific process in which you do that change request. Agile has a very specific way of handling change. It's just at handled at uh, at iterations in a very in a very specific process on how you handle that change. Am I am I getting it, Joseph? Um, yeah, partly. I mean the. the the concepts in Agile don't just handle change, they encourage, you know, try and elicit the, knowing that change is going to be part of life. Um, so, so that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Uh, I, I want to, to talk again about the people part of it, and Agile is really managing people. I, I, I'm actually going to come back and say, no, I disagree. While Agile includes that, I can take all, all of the things that Agile talks about, about people management, about people, you know, cooperation, servant leadership, and empowerment of the teams and all that, and do it all on a waterfall project. Every single thing. And I did for years. I mean, this is what <laughs> when I when I went to to Ken Schwaber's class, the thing that was new to me was delivering in iterations, right? I, I've done servant leadership since I started this stuff. When when people would come to me and say, "Well, you know, we're talking about our projects and project management," like, ah, I, I was, you know, I created this project plan, and the team just says they can't work with it, and blah 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 blah. I'm like, why in the heck are you creating a project plan? You know. The people on your team, they know what to do. Trust them. And, and help them frame that, right? Do the project, create the project plan with them. But they're the ones creating the plan because they know what they need to do. How arrogant of, of a project manager to think that we know better than the people in the field who are actually going to do that work. I may have done similar work in the past, but they're doing this work. Right? So... All of the things that we talk about as, as agile folks delivering in an agile way, 
that are uh, social context related, all of those I can do in a, in a waterfall project. So let's let's talk a little bit more of okay. So we've talked a little bit about the concept of agile, and and many of us understand how agile works, especially in Scrum. Not all of us, but we do, uh, or at least we've somewhat been exposed to it. So Joseph, help us understand how more specific of how we integrate agile type of activities and or projects in a waterfall world. Um, so there's really really two things that you're saying when you, when you ask that question. There's two ways that people are, are hearing that or the two contexts in which they're, they're saying, yeah, that's exactly what I'm asking. Right? Some people are hearing being agile in a waterfall world as I'm doing a traditional project and I want to, with the sequential timelines and everything, but I know these Agile things make sense. What can I do to take some learnings from Agile and put it into my project? Right. How can I do some of those? Just what I was saying, I can do all of the, the people's things in a waterfall project. How can I do that? What are the things that I can do? The other side of that is I have a team over here of usually software developers that want to do Agile. But the rest of my whole organization is waterfall. How do I do that? That makes sense. So those are two very different perspectives that people are coming to. You're right. Okay. So we'll hit the first one first, and then try and hit the second one too. Okay. Does that sound so, good, or which one do you yeah, want? No, that sounds great. Just so everybody's really clear, state exactly what you're going to talk about on the first one. What, what is that specific situation? So the specific situation is I'm a project manager and I'm in a, an insurance company or a bank and everything there is run traditional, sequential, typically hierarchical, right? Top people have the authority and they sort of delegate, but not always. Um, how can I take some of what I, I see my peers and talk to my peers at the PMI convention or whatever. And I, I see these great things that they're doing with the, this, this agile thing. Is there anything that I can do to, to bring into my world that, that can help me on my current project? Now, are you talking about uh, tools, uh, processes, that type of thing? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so there are there's a lot of different things you can do. Then. I think I'm curious what Paula's seeing me there. But <laughs> I, I you want mute? Yeah, Twitter yeah. community is following with our questions, and actually we're getting some really interesting um, comments on what you can integrate from Agile within a waterfall project. Um, the, the first someone said that one of the first things to integrate would be uh, frequent retrospectives. This is Lisa Sieverts again, and I totally agree with that. Yep. I'm a big fan of retrospectives. On my wall over here, you can see these from my last retrospective, and we yep. called it "What Went Well, Not So Hot, and Fix It." And yep. um, and you know, it doesn't matter what kind of project you're running if you are able to get that kind of feedback on a frequent and and um, 
ongoing basis, you're just going to be so much more successful. So that's one of the things that I think doesn't matter what kind of methodology you're you're using. Um, somebody else said that you need to keep. So this is Lisa Crispin. I'm a big fan of the book. Oh. This. Um, <laughs> Joseph says hi, Lisa, and uh, she says that the um, keeping tech tech debt low. So you want to keep your tech debt low and um, more practices like continuous integration, test-driven development, uh, and whole team approach. Good stuff. Yeah. So I, I, the very first thing I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you're on. Okay, I thought you were talking. Um, the, the first thing that I always tell people is, yeah, if you can do nothing else with your organization, start doing retrospectives. It, it's great because as a project manager, that's usually within your domain of control. You can very easily get your team together on a monthly basis, at the very least, and and do just what you said. You know, what went well, what could have gone better, kinds of things. Obviously, you want to learn how to do retrospectives because there's more to it than just figuring out what went wrong, right? More actually focusing on what went right and how we can leverage our strengths. Uh, you, mean you, you mean you don't have to wait to the very end of a project to do a lessons learned? Uh, and never use that. <laughs> no, why should why do a lessons learned? That's just going to bring why? everyone Ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I never ever do a lesson learned. Never. It's not worth your time. I'll not get started on that. Other than to say that. Every purpose for doing the lessons learned at the end of a project is useless. Right there, the lessons that you learn out of it, I am going to go on. The lessons that you learn from it are typically team specific, or technology specific, or project specific. Right, the useful ones. The other ones are communication needed to be better. We had trouble with requirements. Well, duh. <laughs> Who doesn't? Right. The stakeholders kept changing their requirements. Yeah, yeah. Adding new things in the middle of development. It's a matter of life. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then, and then you have to take and take those lessons learned and translate that into a next another project later on. Um, it's, I've seen it very, very rarely work. The team doesn't exist anymore. The technology you're now familiar with and the project context is gone. So the useful ones that we found early on, we can't use. The other ones are so esoteric to be useful, to, to be useless. So. Okay, great. That's your box. Okay, your box. I'm down now. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, perfect. It was a great. Okay, so that the so the retrospectives was the first one. What, yeah. were, the other, what were the other things we're talking about? Um, I, I would I would focus on on the, the teams and establishing current leadership kind of problem. So from your perspective, if you're I'm, I'm talking to project managers here because we're on the sensible project manager chat, right? And so I would I would want to focus on you, on us as project managers on our leadership style, right? And trying to trust more, right? Trying to be the servant leader, right? What is it that the team needs? How can I make their lives easier? Right? My job is not to push them until they break. My job is to make their lives easy so they, so they do, can do better work. 
I was with a client yesterday, and it was great. We were talking about the, the role of the product owner in this very water quality context, uh, state government context. And, and they were saying that on one of the Agile projects we were doing, that they got so much done at the end because everyone was, was having such fun. They were enjoying their life, and so they were able to deliver so much more. So we need to establish a context for that. And um, I've looked around, and there's lots of things out there about teamwork and, and different approaches. If you haven't read the books, right, you should, uh, everyone needs to read the five dysfunctions of a team and uh, crucial conversations. I think I heard somebody say that in one of your last conversations here. Um, Extraordinary Groups is a great book. Uh, uh, there's another one, though, that, that I just recently found in, well, recently within the last nine months, um, that's called How NASA Builds Teams. And it's written by Charlie Pellerin, who was the lead on the Hubble Space Telescope program. And if you remember anything about that program, it was a failure because they launched the telescope with a lens that was ground wrong and nobody said anything about it. No. And they had they spent millions of dollars to fix it, uh, and they did fix it and all that, and he tells the great stories about it. But that what it came down to in that, in that project was it was actually a social context problem, a, a culture, if you will, problem, that caused that telescope to be launched with a lens that was ground wrong because they had established such a toxic environment that the contractors convinced themselves that they that what they were seeing was wrong, right? They, they did see the problem, but they convinced themselves that they, what they were seeing was wrong because they really didn't want to tell NASA. <laughs> well, because they already, they already handed their hat, right? Head on a plate. They didn't want to do it, and so they didn't. And it cost millions of dollars, and Charlie feels horrible about that. So he, is, he wrote this book and for the past 20 years has been building teams of technical scientists and engineers and, 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 that, and I was able to go see one of the workshops and it's quite an amazing thing. So team building for technical people is different than team building for social workers, right? So Joseph, you've mentioned two different books there. Um, would you do me a favor and send me those, those names and authors afterwards? I'll include those in the Hangout notes. Yep. I put some of those suggestions on the Twitter as well, the book suggestions. Great, thank you. Um, you can also check out the nasateambuilding.com. That's Charlie Pellerin's website about the, the 4D stuff. The great thing about his stuff is... He makes the, the PowerPoints for his workshops all available, so you can just download them. There's, there's providers and things like that that, that can teach the workshops, but he, he makes it all available. So focus on teamwork and servant leadership. Do retrospective so, right away. I have a question about, <laughs> about the uh, servant leadership within a waterfall um, context. when. The project manager has a very different, is tasked with really, um, the point that I'm going to try to get at is that servant leadership is not something that the, a project manager within a very traditional waterfall organization can necessarily take on as uh, something that they decide that they want to 
do. I mean, in certain aspects, they, you can. So the way that I've always worked with teams has been very collaborative and getting people's opinions and making sure that everyone's happy. But however, if you're in an organization where um, you're expected to task certain things out or have a very, you know, you need to be done with this certain thing by this time, and you're actually um, evaluated based on your ability to follow that command and control, right? Um, then as a project manager, really that servant leadership needs to come from maybe one level above you where you're being encouraged to be more of, um, take on more of the characteristics of how a scrum master maybe would handle a team, which is more facilitating the process and making sure things are getting done the right way versus, um, versus very specifically into the tasks or uh, you know, telling people what to do. So I, I just struggle with that a little bit because I know that you can definitely have a mentality of servant leadership and have that as this is just your personality or how you lead and your leadership style. Um, however, I think it still needs to have a little bit more of a support at a level higher maybe than the project manager in the waterfall context. Hmm. I, in my experience, I would disagree. Uh, I have worked in those contexts, um, and and I am who I am. Mm -hmm. and while I may have one, I say this, my attitude toward my team is always the same, no matter what they're evaluating me on. And I know from my experience that if I take the servant leader approach. I will be more successful than trying to do it the other way, than anyone who tries to do it the other way. Right? I, I have found the same thing. Um, I, I think that's my leadership style as well. And I most of my career has been in the waterfall, waterfall world. And um, I, have, I think that I've been very effective in using the servant leadership approach. Hey, um, can we move... I'm, I'm sorry. I want to move the the conversation on a little bit. You, we we talked a little bit um, about the first item. We have about 15 minutes. We talked uh, about that first situation um, about it, how. What are those kinds of tools and things that, or processes that you can bring in to an existing project? Um, is there? Uh, let's let's. One last thing, Do is there anything else we want to add to what we've already said? And then let's move into the other situation that you're talking about as well. So the thing that, just as a last parting comment I thought of, is one of the things I think is handy in, if I have a project um, that is a waterfall project, I can still have stand-up meetings. Daily stand-up meetings are very effective in a waterfall project. Yeah, yeah. Actually, construction sites do it all the time. Every morning, the construction team gets together and they stand there and they talk about what they're doing. It's a safety thing for them, right? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be swinging a beam over my head today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so move into the next, the other half of what you were talking about, and that is, uh, well, maybe you can describe better that situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other side is you have a team that. Wants to be or has a history of doing agile in an agile organization, and within an organization that is waterfall. And so, I'm sorry. So, in that case, what you're talking about is 
uh, for instance, a, a total scrum team that is working totally um, agile project and the rest of the organization is waterfall, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I smile because it's a totally agile project within <laughs> this context is actually not likely to be possible. Uh, um, it's very difficult at, at best. Uh, having those things like a dedicated team, it's very hard to get a dedicated team in these organizations. We describe the organization that, that most people are, are in this in this uh, scenario are, are probably a part of. You are again at, a, at an insurance company. You are in the IT department of that insurance company, and in the IT department, you're in the software development part of that. In that, you are in a group that wants to do that. So you're down here somewhere in the org chart. So here, so you can see my name. <laughs> yes, yeah. You're, you're down low in the org chart, right? And somewhere up here is the person that is making life waterfall, right? The rest of the organization is delivering the main product of the company. Uh, it may be loans, or it may be you know, insurance, or it may be whatever you want to call it. You, in this little IT part of the world, are a support organization to that. And now you want to do agile. And so down here at the bottom of the org chart, you're screaming, How a dedicated team! Nobody. Can you start again? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's listening to you, right? You're not likely to get a dedicated team. Uh, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't fight for the fight. I'm saying you should. And, you should, and, and using Agile, you will be able to actually highlight how not having a dedicated team is hurting you. So... Go forward and do, do Agile processes and become an Agile organization uh, within the context of your larger organization. But just be ready for a long slog. Uh, it is likely, and I don't mean to sound defeatist, some people will say I, I'm, you know, I'm being negative, but it is likely that you will never in your career change that entire organization to become, you know, become an Agile organization. So, be ready for that, right? Yeah, that that is a that is a that is a tough sell. All right, I've, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't get some of or a lot of the benefits of being an actual organization inside that world, right? So, you know, you can do your daily standards. You can you can deliver in sprints. What you probably can't do is deliver to production in sprints. Because you have a larger organization that has release windows and maybe release trains or whatever, however they want to deal with that. Maybe maybe your organization has six month release window. Every we only do updates to our our software or website or whatever every six months. Well, delivering every two weeks, you, you may be thinking, well, gee, what's going on? We have to change our release cycle. Not necessarily, right? You can still deliver within your organization deliver to a staged environment and start and just queue things up and then release with the regular window, right? So don't, don't be afraid to start releasing on regular cycles. But also, don't back off and say, well, you know, we've got a six-month 
release window, so we don't have to be done at the end of our sprint. The value is actually in getting done. I was working with, with one of my teams, like one of my customers, and they were delivering a piece of software that originally was planned to take two years, uh, and they actually were to be able to deliver anything. And within four months, they actually had their first release available. Blew their minds. <laughs> They've never, never seen anything like it. Neither had the people they were delivering to. And they were demoing this at about six months down the road. Uh, they were they were demoing because they were getting close to being able to release because of the release window. And they got done with with the the demo that they were showing the, the internal customers what they were going to be using and so they understand the tool. And the, the people were like, "That's great. It works. What's going on?" You're like, what? But, um, <laughs> what's wrong? Like, we have never seen an IT person at this point in a podcast so happy. <laughs> what are you doing? And and they were able to tell them about how, you know, we're not worried about releasing, that we're, we're not worried whether it's going to work or not. It's been working for months. It worked after the first, you know, couple of sprints. It took them a while to get to you know, themselves as an actual team, but... And then after that, they're just delivering, and it's working every two weeks. They're just adding more more Lego blocks to the building, right? So you can get huge value out of it. You just have to be ready to make some, unfortunately, some compromise. Um, and so let me let me yeah. see if I can understand. So what you're saying is, you can have uh, the situation where you're having a um, a an agile team that is working and actually being able to see the benefits of agile development, for instance, and uh, that, but beware that that team is going to have to do some compromises because it is melding in in a waterfall world. And what I also hear is in that kind of situation, be prepared for surprises that you're actually delivering quicker than. Than what is expected. Exactly. You're going to be delivering quicker than what people are used to. It's going to be easier for you on your stomach acid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hala, um, is there anything um, that's happening on Twitter that we can bring into the conversation as well? Um, let me give you guys some of the uh, comments. A lot of people are going back on the point about servant leadership. And that uh, you know, it it really is a, uh, about a mindset, and that's kind of doesn't matter what role or title you are, you you either are or you aren't, and you embody that in whatever yeah. position you um, you have. So um, that's back to the discussion we had earlier, and I was I was throwing that out because I also wanted to bring that up and, and make it a point of debate because some people you know, have a sense that in a project management role you have to do things a certain way. And I wanted to go back to your point, Joseph, earlier that you had said, you know, it really is about, um, you know, Agile has all of these great principles and teamwork and servant leadership, but they don't only exist in or have to exist within Agile. And so um, having people debate that point was really, really interesting. And some people were saying, um, Different leaderships about getting over yourself and truly becoming a useful leader. Um, Michael here had a great image that he he gave, which is servant leadership in any context is the guy in the parade behind the elephants cleaning the street for the marching band. 
So just do it, you know, just do yeah. it. Um, people are really enjoying your book suggestions, so hopefully that, that's going to be helpful to people going up there. Um, and then the last, last thing that I wanted to mention, um, people are really looking at the concept of within whatever type of method you're running, helping the team uh, envision this idea of getting to the minimum viable product, and other people are calling it the minimum lovable product. <laughs> so what is it that we can focus on as a team and deliver something quickly? Um, similar to your format story where it might not seem possible, but if you really focus on the core set of features and requirements that will get you somewhere um, and, and show that you can succeed, that's, uh, that's a great thing to, to adopt whatever methodology you're, you're following. Well, and, and, and an interesting thing to think about there is, is most projects these days, actually, big, significant projects, aren't the big bang anymore, right? You typically have one, two releases, maybe three releases. And, and what I encourage people to do is say, it's like, okay, if you've got two releases, make four. If you've got three releases, try for six. Mm -hmm. How many releases can you push it down to? Let's not do Agile. Let's just have more releases. Just do just doing that will allow you to be more agile. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, exactly. And and I'm not saying that that's what agile is. I'm saying this is a piece that we can add into traditional environments to try and gain some of the value that get out of that. Great, great. Anything else, Hala? I I just had one last thing is that as I. Um, kind of probably see different organizations and different uh, structures and different methods and different teams and how you have to, you know, flex your style in different contexts. I've kind of stopped really calling anything a name, <laughs> if you will. So um, I don't care if you call it Agile anymore. I don't care if you call it whatever you call it. I think it's really what are the practices that we can take that we know are going to bring improvement into the context and the team and the project that we're in and adopt those the right way that works with the team um, that we're working with and you know what we're trying to achieve. It's always going to be a little bit different and um, people get hung up on names sometimes and on, and on uh, labels and I, I just try to now push that out of the equation that I'm not calling what we're doing anything in particular. This is just how we're going to operate. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm actually tired of the word agile. I'm just tired of it. And I, you know I'm an agile coach and I use the term, but man, let's just get over it and just get on with delivering good stuff using the best practice wherever it comes from. Yeah, I I couldn't agree anymore. Well, uh, I, I need to. We need to wind this down because we are at the top of the hour. Just wanted to give Joseph you just just the last any last parting comments, any thoughts to wind wow. it up. Yeah, uh, I just think that it doesn't matter what like we were just saying. It doesn't matter what context you're in or or what the rest of the organization is doing. Trying trying to do the best practices that you can bring in. Being the best project leader that you can be, and and you'll you will see success in that, right? I think bringing in things like servant leadership and trust trust of the team are, are things that are going to buoy you up um, in that world, and you will find success. Great. And one last thing, uh, 
uh, where can we find you? Is any, anything oh. else you want to share with us? Yeah, you can find me at uh, www.whitewaterprojects.com and or Joseph at whitewaterprojects.com and happy to talk with anybody and join you there. Um, one of the things I didn't mention <laughs> early in the, in the introductions is I am the co-lead for PMI's uh, ACP, Agile Certified Practitioner Content Support Team. And if you are on the PMI Agile Community of Practice, you'll find me hanging out in there. So if you're a PMI person, join that Community of Practice. It's free. I mean, it's got lots of good stuff in there. I like the ACP as a certification. We could maybe do a whole thing on just the ACP. So that's where you can find me. Please reach out to me. Um, actually, uh, at Joseph underscore Playhead on Twitter as well. Though I am sporadic in my Twitter activity, so email is the best way to get a hold. Great. Well, thank you, Joseph, for joining us. Uh, Hala, thank you so much for um, joining in. You you added quite a bit, uh, and I appreciate wow. you you sharing the the being our Twitter co- correspondent. My pleasure. Uh, thank you. Ivan, uh, I, I'm, Yvonne had to drop off, it looks like, um, so I would also want to thank him. He, um, he's the second time he's been with us. So I'm going to wind it up. Thank you so much for uh, everybody that's listening. Um, again, this will be recorded, or is recorded, and we'll be able to find this and the, and the um, notes for this Hangout at sensiblepm.com slash hangout11. I will have that either there later on today or tomorrow. Great. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. And uh, until next week. All right. right. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that Hangout. I know that I enjoyed the Hangout itself. Uh, I learned a lot from Joseph as well as others on the, the Hangout. And, in fact, every Hangout we've had, I've enjoyed doing uh, listening to those. Now, if you wanted to listen to any of the previous Hangouts, I do have that on sensiblepm.com slash Hangout. You can go there and see all the archives. You can uh, watch any of them. And uh, I also include Hangout notes so you can see a summary, so you can pick out which topics seems interesting to you. So... Also, I'd like to invite you to join the community on Google+. That's the Sensible Project Manager Hangout community. To get there, you can just go to Google+. Or if you go to sensiblepm.com slash Google, I have a link there that will take you right to the community page. You can join in uh, on future Hangouts, uh, share ideas about different topics that you would like to listen to, and... Uh, just encourage you to come and join in that conversation. It is fun. And uh, as I said, you can either listen uh, to the conversation live on Google on air, or you can actually join in on the conversation and uh, we can all talk together. We can have up to 10 people in the Hangouts and uh, it's just a fun time. Great conversations. Now, if you do me a, a couple of favors, I would love to be able to hear some feedback about this episode. Tell me what you think about two things. About the concept of the Hangout and the, and the things that we're doing on the Hangout community, as well as this topic of being agile in a waterfall world. So if you'd lo- leave comments in this page on the sensiblepm.com slash seven, if you didn't get to this podcast via my website, then if you go to sensiblepm.com slash seven, 
you'll be able to find where you can leave comments. One other thing, uh, I would love to be able to have your help on uh, promoting this podcast. If you've enjoyed uh, listening to this podcast, I think I think we're getting better and better com- uh, content that we're bringing to you, and I have a lot of great things coming up as well. If you wouldn't mind, please go to iTunes and leave me a, a review. Uh, leave a review there about this podcast, what you think, want your honest opinion so that I can uh, make improvements as well as, frankly, it just helps get people to see and, and find this podcast better as I have more comments or, or more reviews about this podcast. Also, I would love your feedback as to any future topics you'd like to hear. The way you can contact me is so you can send me an email at podcast at sensiblepm.com. You can find me on Google+. My name, again, is Mark Philippi. I'm also on Twitter at sensiblepm. And you can find me on LinkedIn by searching my name as well. So friend me in any of those places, and I'd love to be able to have further conversations with you. Well, thank you again for listening to this podcast and uh, allowing me to share this hangout with you. And remember, the Sensible Project Manager always looks for a practical way to lead a project to success. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Sensible Project Manager, Mark Phillips, on the Sensible Project Manager podcast. To learn more about practical project management, visit us at sensiblepm.com.